I know there's something going on. I know Welcome to the 80s. It won't be long. It won't be long until you're gone. I think it's until you're gone or before you're gone. Does it matter if you're gone? On, on, on. Does it matter if you're gone? Gone. I don't know. Welcome to the clubhouse. I'm back and I'm Kirsten and this is the Made for TV Movie Club podcast. Thank you so much for joining us in the clubhouse for our 10th episode. I think it's more fun every time. I know we have so much fun. I'm a little manic today. Can you tell? I am too and I haven't had a lot of caffeine. Yeah well we did just have that that the sugar. That oatmeal brownie yeah, thing. That was mm, so, that was good. so good. Thank you for bringing that. You that bet. was delicious. All right. We want to welcome our new listeners in Hess Deutschland. Hello, Germany. Welcome. Oh, I love you, Germany. I'm mostly German. So yeah. So that's there you super go. exciting that we have some Germans listening. And if you're my friends that I know and my friends that came to stay with us for a while, give us a little shout out, okay? Yeah, because, you know... If you listen and we know you, tell us you listen. And if we listen and we don't know you, come to Instagram and come to Facebook and come join us. We're starting to get a lot more interaction and, and I love it. It's yes. so fun. And chat with Beth. She loves yeah. it. For example, we just want to say a shout out to Chrissy. Hi, Chrissy. She's been listening to the show and loves the Hardy Boys, honestly, as much as Beth. I she think. does. She said she she said that she bought the CDs. And like ha- her children watch it with her, Aww. which is so exciting. I guess I could have had the boys. I did that with the listen. Brady Bunch and yeah. the elect and the Electric Company. Yeah, I remember when you did that. See now, mm-hmm. Electric Company scared me. I didn't the like Spider Man. I did not like that show. I really didn't. The but Company. I probably the boys probably were around when I was watching it because. Like when we would go up to our place up north, we didn't have cable or anything. So we always watched DVDs. Mm-hmm. So I probably had DVDs of that on and NCIS because I started watching that in the third season. Okay. Don't you love it when you find a show you love and then you're like, there's like three seasons to binge before this moment. Right. And then you spend the rest of the time it's on the ear going, oh, three more days till the next episode. Yeah. You know, but remember when you had to be home to watch it? Yes. And right now I I have to say, so The Handmaid's Tale has released the next season, but they're only doing like one episode At at a time. And I was, I was like, so I watched it. I sat down to watch it when a friend of mine said, Handmaid's Tale has been released. And I was like, oh my God, I got And I thought I would be up all night long and just like watch the whole thing. And, and then, then I was like, like oh, where is it? I only have two episodes. I, I really, Ugh. yeah, I, I hear you. We're spoiled by that. I know we are. We're getting to a point of where you can just watch it on. I mean, I used to have people come over every week for Beverly Hills 90210, but not really that, but really Melrose Place. Well, I remember I came over just because I never watched Melrose Place, but I came over for yes. the finale with you. Yes. Remember I had yes. a little party? Yes, I do. It was fun. Do you remember my 25th birthday party? Well, do we really have to go back no. to remembering No, all but it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> so for this episode, we watched A Woman Scorn, The Betty Broderick Story, Part 1. Ooh, yeah. It aired as a CBS Sunday night movie on March 1st, 1992. 
So for our next, our next episode, we're going to review her final fury, the Betty Broderick story part two. Yes. And that aired months later. It was in November 1st, 1992. And according to the Sulphur Springs news telegram, it had 18 million viewers. Part one did. I believe it. Yes. Uh, and it was a hot news story. And I know my nanny watched it. I know. Sure. Well, remember when television, television events were a big deal. Like the, there was the, that was it the U S Olympic hockey team. Oh yeah. There was the movie the Against day the, after yep, yep. the finale of mash. I mean, I could go on and on, but this was a big event. And this was a Sunday night and it, yeah. um, CBS on Sunday nights was 60 minutes. And then the movie. Yeah. And, and you were home at least here in Wisconsin, yeah. especially in the winter. Yes. You were home at six o'clock on, on Sunday, Sunday night. And it, that was it. You were buckled in for the night. Guess what show beat beat it? 60 minutes. Oh, look at that. Yeah. 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 But 60 minutes for years was number one every week for all everything. It was it was like the Sunday night yeah. wind down kind yeah. of thing. And we Truly. didn't we didn't have we there didn't used to be a six o'clock or later game on Sunday nights. Correct. Football. You're right. It was only like a noon and a three o'clock yep. game. Mm -hmm. There didn't also not used to be football on Thursday Every nights. single day of the no. week, but Wednesday, yeah. I think Wednesday. I think is there only... was, I think there was the two games on Sunday and this I think why Monday. I don't watch it anymore. I, I don't, don't either. Are we just, I just listen all week. All I care about, I'm a Packers. I'm sorry to anybody else who's not a Packer fan. And if I'm not watching it, I know what's happening based upon my husband's mood and how much swearing is coming from other rooms. Yep. And I prefer yes. to just kind of not be around because yes, I, I, yeah. I'm sorry, Tim. I love you, but I'm not pretending anymore. I'm not a fan of sports. Um, I just want to say, Sean Cassidy, I love you so much. You should write that. <laughs> So, yeah, so there's a lot of love going on in here. Anyway, but let's talk about this movie, movie because I remember everything about this. Yeah. Because my nanny was like, when I think about it, my nanny was my true crime. That and reading, yeah. that and reading Helter Skelter at yeah. 11 years old. I was 12. Yeah. I read it on my, the first time I ever took a flight, I went down to Houston to visit, um, visit a friend and I had that book. I don't know where I got it. My mom must have given yeah. it to me. Here, here's some good reading yeah. material. I mean, it's a long book. It took yeah. me more than a flight. But to get my nanny there. would be obsessed with these stories and That's they so would cool. be on all those like news shows, like, um, PM magazine yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Hard okay. copy. Yep. Remember hard copy? I do. She was probably on all those. I don't know. She was on Oprah. So she did the quintessential she tour did. of, of, Pity me. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. The plot synopsis from TV Tango says, in 1989, San Diego socialite Betty Broderick's life becomes unraveled when her lawyer, a husband of 16 years, divorces her and marries his young assistant. Abandoned feelings of anger and vindictiveness drive Betty to murder them in their bed. I'm going to disagree, and I'm going to say narcissism and just being a bad person made her do that. I'm going to go, uh, yes, I concur. Yeah. The movie starts Meredith Baxter who was nominated for an Emmy for part one. She didn't win it that year. Um, I don't remember who won. She is probably best known for her role as Elise Keaton on the TV show Family Ties. Yeah. like that. What would we do, baby, without us? <laughs> what would we do, baby? Is that Gloria Loring who sang that? I can't probably. remember. Probably. She did, she did uh, Growing Pains. Yeah. She was married to Alan Thicke, though, I think. She was. Yes, yes she was. So, um, 
Meredith Baxter began her acting career in the early 70s with 111 acting credits on her IMDb profile. Very prolific. Uh, we will probably see her again. This is I'm not sure. going to be the last time, I'm sure. We're going to have a lot of repeats of a lot of the actors that we've seen and heard and all the other things. And I just want to tell you, Case, I had dinner with Sue last week because it was her birthday. So I took oh, her out. Happy, happy birthday, birthday, Sue. We love Sue. And she was telling me that years and years ago, she was a music teacher at a band camp in Michigan, which is, it's a pretty famous band camp that people go to. You have to be pretty talented. I have to say it though. What? When you're at band camp. Oh Lord have mercy. Here she goes. She's looking <laughs> at me like I knew where she was going and I didn't because I have yet to see American pie. I haven't. Seen it. But anyway, um, Meredith Baxter's daughter went there. So Sue said that she, I don't know if she actually really met her, but she saw her and she didn't really like have much to say. Cause I don't think there was any like big impression made, but she did come up on parent weekends. Oh, okay. So okay. That's, that's, that's the story. Stephen Collins plays Dan Broderick. And I debated whether even to watch this movie after I realized it as an actor, he's probably best known for his TV role as Reverend Eric Camden on seventh heaven, according to an ABC news account, which I'll put in the show notes in 2014, Collins admitted to sexual misconduct with three underage girls there and um and we just have yeah. so much to say about that yeah, but we're, we're not, not going gonna to say it we're, we're just not gonna, gonna say it. be done yeah kelly williams plays kate broderick i love kelly williams because she was in my very favorite show called the practice yes she has 62 imdb credits and is in an upcoming series called coyote i don't know what that's about i didn't look so i'm gonna guess it's some kind of cop show or what's that movie is it Coyote Ugly? Yeah, or or bartending. Yeah, some either bartender, slutty or bartender, slutty show. bartender, or slutty, <laughs> slutty, slutty FBI agent. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> it could be anything. We'll have to watch it. Our Murder She Wrote connection case Yay. is Michelle Johnson, who played Linda Colcana Broderick and has fucking the worst hair. Uh, she does, but she does. You know, in those Murder She Wrote episodes, she has the same bad hair. Oh, does she? I don't. I she does. Honest to goodness, it's that that style that it's like, so are you growing it out? Yeah. Like, are yeah. you waiting? Do you need a haircut? Yeah. Are you growing it out? Because you need a haircut. But yeah. if you're growing it out, we won't comment, but you need a hair. Like, it's just yeah. feathering, feathering. And it. she's so pretty. It's you just know. so unflattering. That's the it thing. It was very unflattering. And it's very damaged. Casey pointed that out. And also, she she is super cute, though. Her face is cute. Yes, she is. Yeah. Um, so you, like you said, she's on two episodes of Murder, She Wrote. She has credits through 2018 and she's been in movies like Death, Death Becomes Her and Blame It on Rio. I saw both of those movies and I don't remember either one very well, but I'm pretty sure Blame It on Rio was one of the worst movies of the 80s. I think, I think it could be. That Maybe English I should Michael go home and Caine? watch it tonight. Yeah. Yes, you should. You have been <laughs> on a roll. Of bad movies. Of bad movies. She watched two She's she's now previewing yeah. <laughs> TV movies for us. Yes. So we did we did find one that we have to do coming up with Tony Dancer. So I I shoot, I came up with a like I thought would be like our mantra with when I was talking to my sister a little bit earlier today, and now I can't remember it, but I do want to to, to put this in here as a reminder to our listeners. We do not approve of murder. Oh no. We think that murder and and crime are terrible terrible things we are not making fun of the fact that people were 
murdered in this story or any story fully acknowledge the sadness and hurt all around it we though do love bad movies yes and we are going to rip on everything possible in here and we're talking about a movie yeah and also we we're trying very hard not to victim blame and i will tell you that i feel i was i'm going to very staunchly put my feet down and say Betty Broderick was not a victim in any way ever, 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 ever. This is a takes ever. two to tango kind of yeah. minute. I, I don't even think that Dan Broderick was, um, I, I think that, I think that Betty Broderick is front and center for she everything murdered, that happened. She murdered him. She murdered his wife. She destroyed her children's lives. She yeah. didn't give a shit. She has no remorse. Are we going to be liable for these things? No. Okay. Because I can prove that she has no remorse. It's the last line of the damn movie. Oh, that's right. (laughs) All right. So let's talk about the movie. The movie. All right. Ready? I am ready. I've been ready all day. The movie opens at Grant Broderick's soccer game. Now, this is interesting. I forgot to say this. I'm so sorry to add this. The children's names in the movie have been changed. This is not their so. real names in real life. Yes, when we had that conversation earlier yeah. about Rhett. So while Dan and Betty's names are the same in the movie, they changed the children's and names. I think that's fair because the children. I know, the poor while, children. While the children should have been, um, you know, so like, for instance, after, who was the SNL? I don't know. Um, actor who was murdered, the wife murdered him. Oh, Phil Hartman. Um, the, the children have moved to, I think, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yep. And they've been they've been living a very quiet life since that moment. Yes. And these children have been paraded around. Yes. They were on Oprah. Yes. I mean, they, they and, 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 but we're not going to talk about their personal lives ever because that's their, that's their, yeah. their life. And they're, they have had no control over what happened for much of their lives. But my point is, I can see why they would have changed their names because they really do deserve their privacy exactly even if they do come out and court people a little bit and talk about it i i'm fine with that yeah it doesn't i, I just I was, wanted to say I that was, yeah, and now that you say that i was a little confused when you when you said that because i'm like which one was Rhett? i don't remember a Rhett. yeah anyway so anyway you but you're right yeah so they so yeah so this is not actually their names but all right so back to the movie opening at grant broderick's soccer game with betty broderick coaching Mm -hmm. after the win big win dan drives up in his hot little two-seater convertible arrest me red uh while betty is handing out snacks to the kids he waves and she happily greets him he tells her he won 3.6 million dollars from a lawsuit and they get one quarter of that That's a lot of bananas a lot of bananas and dan tells betty we finally made it and they kiss and hug. Aww. Aww. Aren't they the happy family? They're such a perfect family, except yeah. for I doubt a scene like that ever happened between I'm, those I'm two. I'm pretty confident that it didn't also. Pretty sure she's been angry with him since the minute they said I do. Yep. So there's a voiceover of Betty telling the viewer when the 80s arrived, so did she and Dan. She tells us that Dan went to medical school and then law school. She raised the four children, worked as an elementary school teacher, sold housewares, and babysat. They belonged to two country clubs. Those country clubs. Owned a ski condo in Colorado and a boat in La Jolla. 
We cut back to Dan and Betty dressed up, going out to an annual legal ball. Dan is wearing a top hat and he, he looks fucking ridiculous. But it's apparently, this is another thing I found in my research. He really did dress like a dipshit ridiculous like that. Yeah, that's it was very, very I would be like, Mike, um, I just really don't like that. See, and I could beg Tim to wear a cape and he wouldn't. Mike wouldn't either. But I would thankfully. I would probably. We probably get it. (laughs) We still need tiaras. We do. When we go to see Sean Cassidy live wherever he is, we should wear our tiaras. Yeah, we will. Do you think we could get a press pass? How do you think we get press passes? We'll figure that out. Make one up on our own. Okay, so I'm pretty sure that's not how it works. (laughs) We'll try. Are we press? A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. We're the coolest podcasters in the world. Absolutely. All right. So at this cool (laughs) ball where Dan is wearing that top hat, and she's dressed in in a like she's got she's got such a great eighties with that with that gold lame coat over oh that. yes and shoulder pads but a bare back yeah pull that one off super designers funny. yeah all right at the ball there's lots of flowers live music dancing they make small talk with other couples and then dan pulls out <laughs> tickets to paris and invites a couple to go with them um th- this man apparently had recommended dan for the multi-million dollar lawsuit that he won and he says and we leave thursday and <laughs> betty Betty responds because she's clearly surprised by this. Yeah. And angry for some reason. And angry that Thursday is her manicure day. And then everybody laughs, even though she's clearly not kidding. I don't think she is kidding. No. And then they, um, so Betty and uh, Dan go off to dance and Betty chides him for not telling her about the trip and that his grand gestures, she says, are irritating as hell. (laughs) So, all right. Okay. Let me ask you this. I asked you this before. If Tim came home and said, Case, we're going to Paris on Thursday. Would you be like, I can't go Thursday. I have a manicure. I would be like, I would be like, game on. Let's I would go. be too. Fantastic. Except I'd be like, oh shit, we haven't renewed our passport. I, yeah, I'd be like, shit, yeah. I don't have a passport yeah. yet. Yeah. Okay. So in the next scene, we've got Dan in his office on a work phone call after he calls for his secretary, Alice, and asks her to do some work for him. A co-worker named Kevin then tells Dan that... Kevin has left his wife and says, Dan, will you come for a drink with me? Dan says he has Grant's Cub Scout group in the backyard, so he can't go. He should have gone anyway because he didn't do anything. He should have because yeah. then we cut to the the Cub Scout group in the backyard. Dan says he's going to show them how to set up a tent, but then the phone call. He gets a phone call. from. It's a work call. Betty has to take over and he disappears until the kids are all picked up by their parents. He just sat on the phone for yeah. like chit-chat chattering yeah, for an hour know, or two. Why didn't why did Betty just not Betty should have just said he's not available. Uh well. He would have never been the wiser. Yep. Grant asks if dad is still on the phone. Betty said he's on with a client and Grant said dad always has a client. Always has poor Granty. I know, poor Grant. He really takes the shit into this I know, fucking marriage kids. stick, doesn't he? Have we said that before? Oh, these poor kids. I just feels my heart breaks. And you know, I'll I'll say this now since we're since we're starting. Um I have a I have read in our research and you probably too that there's sort of a big group of people who support Betty and say, "Oh, Betty, Betty Good for Betty. Betty did what she should have done. Good for her for having done what she did. And to that, I will say no. No. Because she destroyed her children's life. Yep. She showed little regard for them. Yep. I think she was as, em- as emotionally abusive as a parent can be. Yep. 
And she should not be celebrated. And she was truly celebrated in she our was. society. She was. And I still to this day don't understand that. Right. Oh, all right. So now poor Dan, who has been on the phone with work, um, goes up to the bedroom and the door is locked. Mm. So Kate, the oldest daughter, she comes out and she hands him a pillow and a blanket uh, as if this is a common occurrence. A common occurrence. And he retreats down the stairs. That poor Kate, she, I don't think she smiles ever in this. And I don't, I don't think she any has of the no kids reason do. to. Yeah. All right. The next scene is Betty picking Dan up from the airport on the drive home. Betty tells Dan they have a foundation issue with their house and they're going to need to rent a house while it's being fixed. Betty gives him a St. Patrick's Day present, which is a boutonniere for an office party they're going to. And he tells her she's one of a kind. Oh, uh, uh, I don't, we don't think that ever happened. Yep. Well, guess what? It was what? probably more like this. Take your fucking corsage, Dan. I had to drive all the way around while I was, you know, having to do all this other stuff today. Take your goddamn corsage and put it the fuck on and thank me for it. Yeah, I really go. feel like that's how that that's, really um, went. And on a regular basis in that home. I'm pretty confident. Yeah. So now we are at this... Um, Super cheeseball looking... St. Patrick's it Day It is the party. stupidest party. Who, like... It's an office party and everybody's just get, I guess in the eighties you did that, it right? The 80s. I mean, you know, why did we not get so lucky that when we, we never worked in offices. I did though for two years. Well, and we never had a party like that. Listen, we made our own party wherever we went. Yeah, that's true. We didn't need anybody. We didn't else. need an office. No, we wouldn't have gone to an office party. No, if we were invited, no. we would have been like, no. Oh this no, is, I think is, I have to go to Vitucci's. This is what we might've done. Gone for dinner. Snacks, and, yeah, and, and some beer, yeah, just gone and maybe stood in the corner and then leave and then left. Yeah, probably we would have had to go outside to smoke anyway, so we could be like, okay, yeah, we're gonna go smoke. Yep, yeah, hundred percent. We wouldn't have fit. I I wouldn't have definitely at I that time fit in yeah. at any office. No. <laughs> so while we are at this St. Patrick's Day office party, Dan, what does Dan do? Well, he notices this new receptionist. Is she hot? Well, I think he thinks so. Let's yeah, listen. Let's take a listen. Dan, you scoundrel. So, uh, Mr. Workaholic actually appreciates women after all. Well, not just any woman, but uh, that woman, yeah. No. I have lots of friends who are real pretty. One's a former Miss America. I mean, she gets out of the shower, beautiful. I've never heard Dan say, wow, she's pretty about anybody. All right, all right, all right. All we are right, actually having right. our own private Mad Planet. If you're from the Milwaukee area, you know what the Mad Planet is. If yep. you do not, it is the club that Casey and I hang out with on every Friday night in the early 90s because that is where they played the 80s music. And they still do, apparently. I think they do. We haven't been there since we went there. I have some friends who've gone there, though. We should go when my hip is better. We went... Um, <laughs> Sorry, like <laughs> sit right down. One of us may or may not need a hip replacement. <laughs> we may be on. We may have to go on. Uh, 
Uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Uh, little take a little break, uh, sabbatical because <laughs> one of us might need a new hip. Yeah. Maybe both of us. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. We'll but, find out. But the Mad Planet was a lot of fun. We spent a lot of time there, so we were just listening to um, some dancing. Music. Yeah, little icicle works. Well, yeah, well, we were waiting. We had some Frida too. We did. We did. Yeah. So now Betty's sitting and looking in the mirror, and Dan is asleep in the background because she's like out of the. I don't know. They're home after the party. Yeah, and she's looking. Kind of like pushing on her face because I guess she, she feels noticed like, Dan looking at that other. She, yeah, I think she heard him say that. I'm pretty sure she did. Yeah. yeah. So then she, um, and she probably had some work done, but she was 40. I mean, she wasn't that old, but I guess I don't know. Well, all that anger makes for an ugly face. It does. So it doesn't yes. matter how much work they would have done. She still would have been an ugly person. Yep, she's not a good person. And then next, we're at their condo in Colorado. Yes. Dan and Betty are. Um, having a huge fight while getting the kids ready to go skiing because apparently Betty works too hard. I don't know. Blah, I, blah, blah. But but you, I think you nailed it perfectly when you said, I think that this scene is indicative of their relationship 24-7. Yeah. Yes. I think they were just always fighting always, all the time. Always. I don't think there was ever much of a happy time. No, I agree. Maybe when they were newlyweds. I I don't know. But I don't think that they were ever... I don't think there was ever a time where she was just a nice person to nope. people. Nope. I don't think so either. His brother Larry and his family are with him. But he tells Dan she's the hired help. Dan tells her it pays well. I mean, they're pretty snarky. Yep. Um, and then she makes some snarky comment about Dan giving Larry money. Dan says they're making investments together and Larry makes more money than Dan. Betty asks him, why is she here and why don't they just get a divorce as she's putting on this fur coat that is not appropriate for skiing. Right. You could never ski in that coat. Right. However, she did have a super cute sweater on. Yes, she did. It had that. What do you call that? The, uh, um, fair Isle. Fair Isle. Yeah. Yes. Yep. It was It was fabulous. I'd wear it today. I have a Fair Isle sweater. I probably no, I don't think I do now, but I have. I did in the 80s also. That was teal. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. So I guess she wasn't really going to go skiing anyway because no, of that she coat. she wasn't. So Dan calls her endless and petty, and he's not wrong. No, not at all. She says she's busted her butt to raise the four kids, and then everyone leaves to ski but Betty. In the next very short scene, Betty kisses Dan in the front hall as he and the kids leave for the day. And then there's movers hauling all of their stuff away because of the foundation issue. They rented this house. Yep. But I'm not sure why they had a fully and 100% move out of this house. Who knows? I had a friend with a foundation issue and they really only needed to work on the basement. Listen. But although in California, do they ha even have basements? I bet they, they don't. They probably don't. Huh. I. That's a good question. It's a good thing. I don't know them. if that would have anything to do with whatever their foundation is. I mean, I think that there really was a foundation issue, but just the whole, this moving out thing drove me nuts. Cause if it were me and Mike and the kids, I'd be like, we are taking only what we need. Cause I'm not unpacking to repack and move and unpack again in a few months. I think, I think that the purpose of that scene is setting the stage yes. for what we found out in our research was they, they did this very bizarre moving around as a couple in real life Mm -hmm. like owning multiple properties and living here, but then moving to this one, but fixing yeah. that one up and stuff. So but it sounds like they moved around a lot, even before they made it to California. Cause he went to do different schools. And then yeah. it just sounds like moving was kind of a thing they did. I think a thing they did. Yeah. yeah. Some people are like that. I mean, Some people color their hair. I mean, you do, you have I beautiful do. you have purple hair today, but you're going with a 
blue jean blue jeans blue yeah, jean I'm yeah. do blue jeans so hopefully i'll see that one next time yes it'll still be blue but it may not she may do it blue and then the next time i see her it could be any color you know we just know. you don't know with her you don't know. i just um i think that's awesome it's fucking <laughs> awesome at the office linda's there oh linda is dan's future wife for those of you who have not seen the movie or don't know he tells her she saved the company by filling in for Alice, who was out for some unknown reason. And then he offers a full-time job as his legal assistant. They, She accepts and they shake hands. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. 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 So then Dan drives his tiny convertible to the new house. Oh, yeah. He tells her how great it looks. And it's like they always lived there. And again, Case, I, I mean, she has all these flowers everywhere and she I mean up, it is like a moved in house. Well there's pictures of the Everything. family on Tchotchke. the mantle. Yeah, tchotchkes everywhere. Even the, yep. the china cabinet. They moved the china cabinet. Yep. It's yep. so bizarre. So weird. Yeah. And so then they smooch, which is probably not something that really ever happened. And then she says she spent all day unpacking him, packing, and she made him a veal roast. Oh. Bull shit yeah i it's weird because there's a maid in the background yeah, all, the all the time in this movie yeah. so i'm confident yes. yeah i'm pretty confident that that maid probably unpacked made and made the roast. Yeah, yeah she probably did a lot of the unpacking i'm thinking so yeah i think betty was a lady who lunched yep honestly mm-hmm. but like to, to to act like she did more yep so in the next scene Betty's out shopping with a friend, dressed to the nine. She looked beautiful. Oh, absolutely. And I think they, I said to Casey during the film, when we were watching it earlier, I think they had a pretty big budget for this movie because I think she was truly wearing designer clothes. I agree. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't remember specifically that long ago. but Very it's, lovely they clothes. look really. Very, very in lovely In every clothes. scene, everybody's dressed to the nines. And they look, they look beautiful. I mean, except for the feathered 80s hair. We can't control that, right? And then they run into Susan. Now, Susan is Kevin's estranged wife. And Susan said she's never been better in some ways. And in others, she's a total basket case. And then Susan leaves. And Betty tells her friend that Dan hired an airhead assistant. Oh. Back at the new rental, Betty tells Lydia, the housekeeper, to get the kids bathed and ready for dinner by 7. And then she leaves. Betty takes a bottle of champagne and two glasses and leaves, and we see a cake on the counter that says, Happy 39th with love. Just right. kind of a strange thing to say on a cake. Wouldn't you just say happy birthday, Dan? But whatever. Whatever. At the office, Dan is not in. I wonder, Case, I wonder where, Be- where Dan is. Huh. Where could Betty Dan gets there. be? She goes into the office. It's fully decorated. And then we find out that Dan went to lunch with Linda. Oh. Hmm. The plot gets thicker. We see a beautiful sunset, and then we see Betty asleep at Dan's desk. So she's waiting for him. She's waiting for him, which I would probably be too. Yeah. I would be like, where the hell you are? Where the hell are you? I'd like a little explanation. I would need one. I know there's something going on. We were watching that video earlier. It's a great song. She has um David Bowie hair. She does. Ziggy Stardust days. Yeah. Yeah. Frida. It's hilarious. Mm -hmm. It's hilarious. Stark back at the house when Dan pulls up in his tiny convertible. Oh, yeah. Betty comes out and asks how lunch was. He tells her fine and asks why. And she says she made the special roast beef dinner he requested. But Case, how did she do that while she was sitting on his chair taking a nap? Lydia, Lydia, oh, Lydia, oh. oh have you met Lydia? Mm-hmm. Lydia, the cooking lady. Yes, exactly. 
Oh, I know the words. I was going to sing along, but I really want to keep our listeners. So I'm going (laughs) to try to keep my singing to a minimum. I'm going to sing vicariously through Casey, who I always have been singing through anyway. Um, So Betty says she was at his office and calls him a bastard because he was at lunch for seven hours with a 19-year-old whore. He says he was in a deposition all afternoon and he has no idea where Linda was. Betty says, liar, liar, pants on fire. Just totally like liar, liar, pants on fire. And then she lights a match and she throws the match on top of a big ass pile of clothes that Betty put out on the front porch lawn. What really bothered me about this scene is that there's the lighter fluid sitting on top of the pile of clothes. And I'm like, that shit's going to explode, girl. Right? You cannot do I'm that. I'm nervous about it. Oh, I'm it, nervous it, about it. Oh, it made it. me so scared. We had a neighbor. I loved him so much. I loved Danielle and Andy. They were the best neighbors we had up north. And Andy would start the fire by maybe putting a little gasoline on it. Oh, it scared me because it would go. Yeah. So Dan walks past Kate as he enters the house while the clothes are burning. It's, It's really sad to see. I actually really like the subtleness and with which they use the children to show how yeah, sad this the, whole thing. Because the kids are like just constantly in the background, in the background, seeing ev- everything. Thing. And even though they don't have a lot of lines, there's still a very large presence in 100%, this movie. Yes. Next, we see Dan golfing with his brother Larry, and they're laughing about what happened with the clothes being burned. And he says, "Well, that's just Betty." And Larry says that Betty's been threatening divorce since their honeymoon. And scene. Scene. Next, Dan's at a restaurant and he's on a call. So he must be at like a concierge desk or is he actually at the bar? I think, yeah, I think he's in in the bar. Yeah. Yeah. There's a corded phone because we're in the 90s, early 90s. And he asks Linda if there's any news on the Corvette he wants to buy. And then Betty calls Dan back to the table and Dan tells Linda he's under orders to resume his vacation. Dan, uh, Dan tells Linda, thanks so much for doing such a great job. And he can relax because of her. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Back at the office, Linda tells Dan she found the Corvette he wanted, but it's in Malibu. And he invites her to go pick him, pick it up. And she does. Yep. So we see them driving. I don't know if they're driving up the coast or down the yep, coast. On the, the coast ways. highway. Yep. It's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, the scenes they show, I, I've never been to California. It's but beautiful. the scenes they show in this area... I think this La, La Jolla is a very uh, wealthy yes, area I, anyway, I so I'm sure it's quite beautiful. Yep. And then it's dark, and Dan Dan pulls up, and Betty comes outside to see the car, even though it's dark and you can't really see it. And he doesn't say, hey, let's go for a ride. No. But I wouldn't want to take her on a ride anyway, because I'm sure she's She'd complain. extremely unpleasant. She says she hopes it'll help because she knows he's not happy. And then we are at the office again. Yes. And it's Alice. Oh, Alice. Alice. Alice, who also plays, she plays the mom in that 70s show. Yes. She has a very, very small role in this movie. Yes. So she she asked Dan for some respect, and she points out that Linda has an office and makes a big office. She makes more money than Alice or anyone else there, and she's only been there for six months. Linda has. And Alice quits. She says, you really ought to think about how you treat people, Mr. Broderick. All, all people, that is not just the ones you think are special. There you go. Yeah. And it's a strange scene because it's not really, you're not really sure why, but I guess they're trying to establish that Linda definitely was yeah. treated differently at the uh, office. Agreed. Yeah. 
Next, it's Christmas at the Broderick's. Oh, the halls with boughs of holly. Murder. La, 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 la. I'll murder, murder you in your sleep. <laughs> the kids are opening presents, enjoying themselves. There's music in the background. And then Dan gives Betty a ring. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful ring. but It's, it's like the Lady Die engagement yeah. ring. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. Which is, I guess is Kate's now, right? I think it is. Yeah. I don't know. Is it? Yes, I think, I, think I did read that. Yeah. For a minute, I had to think. You, I, I was thinking you meant they gave the ring to Kate, the daughter in the movie. Oh. It took me a moment no. to realize you were actually talking about Kate Middleton. Yes. Or the princess. Yeah. Princess. What is her? I princess of know. Cambridge? No. Is that the other one? I don't I even no know. Idea. I Which, don't know. Oh, Windsor? D Duchess of, was that? See, I will tell you that. This is how much. Don't ask me. I'm done with the royals. No, this is how little I know about the royal family. Apparently, Kate and William have more than one child. Yep, they have three. Apparently, they do. Yeah. Who knew? I just my mother loved Princess Di, and we 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 did a lot of like paying attention to the royal family. But I do not. Yeah. It's it's. I, I think that's lovely for people that do, but it is not in my wheelhouse. Yeah. Um. So anyway, the ring is not the one she wanted. And she is a big, fat, unequivocal bitch about it. She is. And and in front of the children. She's she awful. She destroys Christmas over a fucking ring. Yep. Ugh. Let's listen to it. Let's though. listen to her. I hope I don't get sued. <laughs> really We're talking care. about a movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm making fun of the movie Betty. The movie. Disclaimer. The movie Betty. Movie. Yeah. Movie Betty was a bitch. Movie Betty was a bitch. Yes, yeah, she it's was it's a it's super it's witch. witch. <laughs> I need to take a nap. <laughs> we kind of like this one better. You liked it better? Well, I mean... I... You mean you liked it better? And that's what counts for them, and that's what it's all about. You make it, you spend it on what you want. Oh, jeez, pets. It's not like it cost any less. Well, exactly. So why not give me what I want? You certainly got what you wanted, even though you had to spend an extra seven grand to get it when you wanted it. My dad's got an awesome set of tools. I can fix it. Casey's on IMDb now. She's been watching some really bad, bad movies. I have. And a lot of them we can't do here because our, our rule constraints are that we're 70s, 80s, 90s made for TV movies. Yep. We aren't doing any other kinds of movies, but she has seen some real good ones. Yeah. And some real bad ones. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but you know what? There's nothing like a bad movie no, to make me feel good. No, I, I love you, bad movies. I do too. I, I do. do too. And I love it when I find a movie that I'm expecting to be bad. Like I will tell you, I thought the movie Dumplin' with Jennifer Aniston was going to suck. Not because I don't think Jennifer Aniston is a good actress, because I actually think she's quite a good actress. I just didn't think she was great on Friends. But her movie movies are pretty good, especially when she does like the dark comedies. Yes. But Dumplin'. You loved it. I cried. It was beautiful. I cried and it was cried it and was cried good. and it made me so happy. In fact, I think I watched it on Mother's Day last year during a shutdown. When I couldn't see any of my people and I, you know, like the rest of us and I just cried and I loved it. And, but it also has, you know, the Dolly Parton song. So yeah, that's how true. can you not love? I think that's your that favorite has. part about it. And do you know that she actually, I don't know which one it was, but she wrote a song for that movie. And I didn't know that until recently. Aww. I love Dolly Parton. Who I doesn't? really truly Who love doesn't? her. 
she is an amazing human being. Um, not like Betty Broderick. Uh, well, let's get back to Betty. Let's do it. All right. So Betty pulls up into the valet at a restaurant, decked to the nines in a fur-lined suit coat. She looked beautiful. She did. So um, even that feathering. Uh, yeah. She. I mean, she was the. She was. She's a lovely, super stylish. Woman. Yeah. Yes. All right. So. She um, then joins Dan at a table in the restaurant. And while they're sitting down, Dan tells her that he's leaving her. Mm -hmm. Betty yells at him and leaves. What a surprise. What a surprise. I actually am surprised she didn't throw something at him. I'm surprised. Well, yeah. that's, I think, why he met her in a public place to do yeah. that. But she's yeah. not behaved. No, she doesn't She could have done anywhere. that. No, I don't think she had any. I think that Betty loved herself some Betty. She did. Um, movie Betty loved herself some movie Betty. That's true. There you go. <laughs> This character in this movie. Yeah, she's the worst. Mm. So Dan then um, moves back into the house that supposedly got the foundation problems and under construction because of of that. So there you go. Now. And we know that because he walks in and there's construction workers everywhere. Yes. Like, it's a weird thing, too, because they're, like, walking around with, like, like ladders. Like, they're painting. Who knows it's what's so going on. It's so funny. It's like, we don't. It's like. Clearly this under construction. Thank you. This, you didn't have to hire. 40 extras. <laughs> I think this you is could have yeah. 10. I think this is how this went. Um, it's under construction. What should we do? What should we do? What? What? They said put some guys in white suits and a ladder. <laughs> what is that supposed to be? What is that supposed to be? They said they don't know what the fuck the foundation problem is. So just fucking do it that way. There you go. All right. All right. So in the next scene, Dan takes a car service oh, back home. Oh, Casey, I was going to try not to drop an F-bomb this this week. Oh, that's okay. I failed. It's okay. Damn it. Damn it. I was going to not swear at all. Fuck. Fuck. All right. Oh, your mom's going to be mad when mom, she hears I'm that. Sorry, sorry, mom. All right. So in the next scene, Dan takes a car service back home. He finds their son, Grant, Grant, on his doorstep. And now Grant is like the little, he's, he's little. I would say seven. eight. Okay. Yeah, seven or eight. Somewhere between seven and nine. And, and I think nine's too old. I think so. And also, even though this movie takes place over five years, nobody grows. Yeah, nobody grows. <laughs> That's okay. It's a movie. Um. So uh, Grant tells Dan that his mom dropped him off uh, about an hour earlier and Dan is surprised to see him. So clearly movie Betty brought movie Grant over to movie Dan's house and just left, <laughs> let this child sit there all alone. Yeah. And, um, and Dan even says, I wasn't even going to come home tonight. Yeah. 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 She's a real prize. She's movie. A prize. Betty is movie a real prize. Yeah. In the next scene, movie Betty is driving her car <laughs> with movie Susan. <laughs> We're talking about the movie because yeah. that's what we're talking yeah. about on yeah. this podcast. I'm going to try not to say anything more about real life Betty. Okay. I'll reserve myself for the lawsuit. <laughs> All right. And um, so she's in a car with Susan and she explains that she, she Betty, Betty. has a two-step plan for Dan. First, she's been dropping the kids off one by one to live with Dan so he can see what it's like to raise the kids. Second, her second step <laughs> is a new house with an ocean view. So she pulls up in front of this gorgeous house. It's so beautiful. And it's got a view of the ocean. It's just absolutely stunning. Stunning. Betty says that the attraction to Linda is fleeting and ultimately status is what Dan wants. Betty says she's the only one who can make that happen for Dan. Yes. All right. Now, we don't know why she thinks that, but whatever. Okay. New scene. We are outside of a courthouse. 
Dan and Linda are leaving after a trial. Dan offers to buy her dinner and they have dinner and flirt. Linda thanks him for a wonderful dinner. And Dan thanks Linda for all of her advice. And Linda says she just listened. Uh, <laughs> isn't that all that men want is someone to, to listen. listen. Ugh. Ugh. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. Ugh. No offense. No offense. Listen. <laughs> not you, Mike. <laughs> not you, Mike. Listen. They're not listening. No. They don't listen no. to our podcast. No. Did you see my post on Facebook? My this children morning? don't even listen to our I know. podcast. Did you see my post on Facebook this morning? No. Oh, I made this post about Mike because he he sent me f- f- Mother's Day flowers so the memory came up. And I posted about, you know, how thoughtful he is and how nice he is and how much I love him. And then I end with, listen to the podcast, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. I did see that. that. And they won't. None of them will. But my mom and dad do. So yeah. We love your mom and dad. Oh, thanks, mom and dad. So we're gonna give them a sticker when we get one. We are. Yeah. Okay. We We then see we are are, but your children (laughs) finding a way around. We are having a really hard time concentrating today. We really need to get a little bit of oh I don't think so. I didn't we then now what happened next next is betty sitting on the edge of a pool drinking wine yeah with this voiceover again i sort of felt a little akin to her in this moment in though. in this very beautiful i have to say silk jammy jams yeah oh, i mean they're gorgeous that, that pool that go- i mean she's got a gorgeous ocean. she literally is on the ocean there are there's at least one road between her and another set of houses but it's she's on a like a cliff on the ocean yeah. and she's got this gorgeous house and this beautiful pool and four beautiful what children what is she unhappy about move oh. on betty so um there's so there's this voiceover again and she says around 40 is when you reap the benefits of the 20s and 30s true and i did i agree with you this is a really i liked that scene and it's a very short scene so yeah it's like now we're moving on right back at dan's Back at, meanwhile, back at Dan's, the uh, the boys are talking, and uh, daughter Kate is walking through the kitchen. Um, Betty shows up, surprising them <laughs> in the house. There, yeah. like, Whoa, shit! Yeah. Mom's here. That's exactly. Kate's like, what? Yeah. What the hell are you doing here? Betty says she came to see how the kids were doing, and she starts like looking through the fridge and says that Dan will, your dad will never measure up. He's a lawyer, not a parent. She finds a cake on the counter, and one of the boys tells her that Linda made it. So, uh, next scene is Dan arriving home. He goes upstairs. The kids haven't really said anything to him, but then as he's walking into his room, Kate does try to stop him to warn him. Kind of-ish. And, um, his clothes are all over the room and this cake is mushed all over his clothes. There's, it's on the walls. It's on the furniture. I think they must have run out of cake. I don't know how, uh, but, and then his picture. It's a real waste of a good cake. Yeah. If I were to do I'd something like the that, cake I would have eaten the cake. Use the Sharpies. Yeah. She should have brought some lighter fluid with her or something. Yeah. yeah. So um, his face Maybe is it was dry. She's, she's pretty young. Maybe she doesn't know how to bake well yet. Well, it didn't look like it was the best made cake, but I didn't want no, to No, but it was a prompt cake, so you can't really tell. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So anyway, Betty um has x'd out his maybe she face. ate it and it was dry and that's why she got mad that's probably makes it. sense maybe there was no coffee damn it she can't even make a decent yeah. cake for my children damn it when i break in i expect a good cake and a <laughs> cup of coffee exactly <laughs> damn it 
and I want real cream in that refrigerator. Also, I do not want that other crap. No goddamn cream in this house. What is wrong with you people? You live like animals, I tell you. You all need housekeepers. Yes. I think they have one too, though. They, I'm sure they do. Wouldn't that be like if you had, if it was like money was not really an object, wouldn't you, wouldn't that be like the first? Who was that woman that we were obsessed with that owned that home that they couldn't find that never lived there and had a full staff that was getting paid? Oh yeah. Hughes, Hughes? I'm never going to remember. No, but there was a woman yeah. and they ended up finding her. She was lived in a hospital for like 30 yes. years. I know exactly what but you're she talking wasn't about. Sick. She just and I remember reading the story. We were obsessed with her because yes. they couldn't find her. And she owned this home. I think Wait, in California. that wasn't dear. Right. No, 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 okay. no, no, no. It was Hughes. I think something, or Hugh Get. We'll have to look it up. It was this woman who was very, very wealthy was, and she owned a home. It was Hugh Get. And nobody ever saw her. And she had a full staff in this house. Yes, she did. And, you know, I read, I think it might have been from like a Gordon Ramsay autobiography or something. He used to be a chef on cruise ship, like not cruise ship. Hugh Get Marcella Clark. Yes, Hugh Get Clark. Gave that a goog. It's a super interesting story. They did find her. She has since passed away. Empty mansions. But she lived in, she owned all these homes that had full staff and they never met her. But I think it was Gordon Ramsay who was talking about how he would do, he was a chef on private yachts and stuff. And when the owners weren't there, the staff just would tell people that it belonged to them and then bring people back. You know, I mean, the yeah. ultimate scam. Why not? But remember that house sitting episode on Sex in the City with. Um, yes. What was his name? Oh, my God. Oh, no. You got to stop doing stop. it to me. I can't. But, you know. Was, I'm moving on with it was, this story. It was Carrie Fisher's house. I'm and moving he on. it was his. Okay. Anyway. I am moving on. Oh, oh my God. Lord have mercy. Back to guess what? We're talking about movie Betty. Movie Betty is served with divorce papers and she's clearly upset. She goes to Dan's house and breaks in through the back door, like breaks a window to get in, smashes um, all the breakables, throws a TV through a china cabinet, spray paints the walls and pictures. And she... (laughs) Vince Vaughn was in it. And she smashes all the lamps. Everything breakable is smashed. Just seemed like a lot of work when I watched it. Oh, and then next scene, we've got Betty talking to her lawyer and she says that he's lucky she didn't impale him. Her lawyer tells her she needs to act more appropriately, you think? Mm. And um, then the lawyer tells her there's a restraining order about time, which is very serious. Betty tells, um, Betty says, don't preach to me about that. And then Betty only wants to know if they can nail him in court, meaning Dan. And um, then the lawyer quits. Yeah. Can you blame her? She, she's no. like, you know what? Um, I don't think I'm the right person for this. Yeah. No. I, I can't handle you, Psycho Betty. Yeah. Psycho Movie Betty. Exactly. All right. So now we've got Dan and a real estate agent meeting at the house oh, yeah. that he's been in. The foundation this is house, the right? foundation yes. house. And there's a for sale sign in front of it. And he tells Betty that they have a buyer. Betty pulls up, rips <laughs> around the corner, almost... Rear ends his little red sports I think car. she calls him Danny Boy, too. I think she does, too. So um, he's telling Betty that they have a buyer for the $325,000 she asked for. And Betty says she changed her mind and she wants a million dollars for the house. <laughs> Dan tells her, look, I bought you a house. 
I'm buying a house. We've got to sell this house. And Betty says, uh, $1 million or I'm not signing and period. And then she she gets in her fucking car and leaves. She leaves. Movie Betty. I hate you so much. Oh, all right. New scene. We've got Linda on a sailboat talking to Kevin's girlfriend. Okay. Now remember Kevin from earlier, he loved Susan who loved Susan and he's got a girlfriend and now, and now Dan left Betty and and her roughly the same age. I mean, Linda is basically Linda's probably 21, 20 or 21 in this movie. So, um, she tells um, she tells her life is a great old movie where everything's going to work out. Dan tells Kevin that Betty won't settle on the house. Um, but then Dan tells Kevin that he see, cause it's like the girls and the guys, the girls are on the yeah. boat. The guys yeah. are walking on the piers. Yeah. Um, so Dan tells, you know, Kevin, if it were like a dinner party, the girls would be in the kitchen, you know, serving up the coffee. Oh, well, no, they wouldn't. Cause the housekeeper would be doing that. Exactly. The boys would retire to the cigar room. There you <clears> go. Yes. So Dan tells Kevin he can get a court to override Betty if she's withholding consent unreasonably. And his plan is to go early the next week and get, get, get that done, get this done so he can sell the house. So now we've got Thanksgiving. Dan is fighting with Kate, the oldest daughter, because she's leaving to go out with a boy. Kate points to Linda and says, you have a date. Why can't I? Then Dan says to her, if you leave, don't come home. So Kate goes out and moves in with Betty, who is uh, possibly drunk when Kate gets there. Yeah, um, she seems a little tipsy. And Betty introduces Kate to her friend, quote unquote, quote unquote friend, Jerry. And um, in the next scene, and now we've got another day, Betty is calling around to find a lawyer and she can't get one. She then leaves a message on Dan's machine. And I think you should take a listen. Yeah, listen to to what Betty movie, movie Betty, Betty has, has to say. say. <laughs> oh, I hope you're happy, you rotten son of a bitch. The entire San Diego legal community is shutting me out. Nobody wants to go up against Dan Broderick. Well, I'll get a lawyer from LA. I have names up there too, pal. Why don't you pick up? Why don't you ever call me back, Dan? You think you can just ignore me? You can't, you hear me? I will not be ignored. You know, the thing I liked about that scene case, it's totally reminded me of the, you can't ignore me, Dan. Do you know what that's from? Fatal Attraction. Yes. With uh, Alex. She oh, says that to Dan. Rabbit. You can't ignore me, Dan. Oh. That is the, one of the most frightening it is. scenes. That movie is terrible. If you have not seen Fatal Attraction. I should add that to my list. I should yes. just go home and just. Except that. I will tell you. I, I watched it again recently within the last, I would say, two to three years. Probably last year during the pandemic. And I will tell you this whole wife standing by her man thing. Drove me crazy as a married woman. Okay. Because like at the very end, they like kill her together and then they walk off hand in hand. Like everything's good now. It was all Alex. Yeah. Alex is the woman for anybody wondering. And that really bothered me because the wife, I think her name was Beth, wasn't it? Um, She was all like, I don't know, a little too not angry enough. Okay. So anyway, Betty is now having a dinner party at her house and she's got two other couples and Jerry... Someone comes, someone compliments her on her poached salmon, which Casey and I don't believe she actually cooked. Nope. Because housekeeper Lydia comes from the other room and says, there's a phone call for you, Betty. 
And Betty gets up and she's like, oh, it's my high priced lawyer. And then she does this thing in the 80s that we did when we didn't have um, pierced ears and you had giant earrings. You had to take the earring off to talk yep. on the phone. I love that. Yeah. I Don't you remember that? I remember. Oh, all the soap that. opera stars. Yeah. And it was they always took the earring off. And it was off. so loud. Yep. Because it was like, and there was clacking on the shoes. Anyway, so she comes back into the room after getting off the phone with the high priced lawyer. And she tells them, they, she asked Jerry to hold on the fort. And she's leaving because she has to go, quote unquote, discuss something with Dan. Oh, yeah. It is the rudest thing you can do at a dinner party. I'd be like, okay, Sarah, later, Jerry. Yeah. But I might go jump in that pool first. Maybe. Outside the house, the two daughters are at the door. The oldest, Kate, is apparently living with Dan again. Apparently. She was with, with Betty earlier. Now she's back at Dan's. And she says her lawyer told her. Betty tells Dan that her lawyer told her that Dan sold the house and she gets, she gets out. She, well, she comes screeching in and then she's screaming at Dan about selling the house. And her daughters are telling her, you're yeah. violating the restraining order, yeah. mom. Yeah. They're all standing right there. Ugh. And then she's like, Dan's like, you're going to get your share. And she sell she, and to talk to Dan's lawyer. And she's like, Dan, your lawyer won't talk to me. So she gets in her car and our favorite TV movie trope happens. Oh, yeah. She screeches back and then forward. And she takes the Suburban. So she's in a giant full-size Suburban. Yep. And she smashes it into the front of the house. Yep. And then she backs backs up, up, smashes it into the... Now, I will remind you that her children, not... Four minutes before this, not even a minute before this, we're standing at the right exact there in the foyer. Place. Yep. And for all Betty knew, they could have still been right behind that door. Yep. She had no idea where her children were at yep. this point. And she just smashed and smashed. So finally, Dan comes out and he runs up to her and he like pulls her out of the he suburban. Does. They're having a scuffle on the ground. The police come and then they put Betty in a psych hold. Yeah. Because she should be. Yeah. Because she could have killed her children. Yep. And she did Because she drove a car through a house. And she didn't care. And backed up and drove it in again. And so anybody who wants to tell me that she's some kind of hero, we'll have to have a conversation because... But we're just talking about movie We're talking about movie Betty, but this actually did happen. Yes. So I'm going to use that as an argument to say that she was emotionally abusive towards her children, at the very least. Betty is speaking with the doctor and tells the doctor that they were leave it to Beaver, which is such bullshit. They were. Yeah. She said she was very happy. And then when Dan walked away, she was, wasn't Mrs. Anybody anymore. And the doctor like puts her hand over Betty's hand. Like, such oh, a I'm so sorry. Yeah. Cause no Poor doctor, Betty. no, no doctors can, they just, you just, that doesn't happen. Yeah. Cause they call it professionalism. Uh-huh. So, Betty's kind of back to her old self and she's telling a reporter that Dan stole everything from her. And then there's a photographer there to take her picture. And it's a stupid scene Yep. in her house. Betty is decorating for Christmas all by herself Poor Betty Poor Betty. The lights blink and then they turn off and then she sits in a chair and stares at the Christmas tree. I hope while she's staring at the Christmas tree, she's thinking about how she drove a truck through a house that her kids were in. That were standing at the same space moments I'm before. sorry. Are you lonesome? Huh? Who wants to be with you? Yeah, well, Jerry. <laughs> Poor, Jerry. <laughs> Poor Jerry. Poor Jerry. Poor Jerry. All right. He's a fool. 
So now we're back. We're at Dan's house, and the house is lit up with Christmas lights outside. It looks beautiful. Yeah, I mean, these houses are fabulous. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone is leaving, or I should say, a group of everybody's coming out of the Broderick house, and um, we see Betty. Like so, once they walk away, we they kind of pan over and we see Betty sitting in her car Watching. outside of the house. And then what does she naturally do? She breaks into Dan's house and then Kate's sitting there. Like she didn't expect Kate to be there, but she was. And Betty kind of loses her shit. And she's like, are any of these presents for me or any of them for me? And she starts opening presents. And Kate is trying to take a one of the presents away. And as Betty's like trying to open it, she hits her in the face yep. as they struggle. And then the daughter says, that was for you, mom. And Betty apologizes and starts crying and says she just loves them so much. <sighs> it's exhausting. It is exhausting. In court, the marriage is dissolved without Betty. Betty had no lawyer at the time, and she refused to come to court. So yep. that's why she wasn't there. And she lost custody of the children at the same time. Yep. Now she's on the phone calling Marge. Marge is a friend, an old friend, I guess. She says she's working at a gallery. And that... She wants to take Marge out to lunch for her birthday, which is what they do annually. And Marge says, you know, I'm just going to be honest. I'm socializing with Dan and Linda, so it really wouldn't be very appropriate to see Betty right now. And, of course, Betty makes some snide comment and hangs up. And then she calls Dan and leaves a lovely message. She calls Linda a bitch, a moron, an oversexed syphilitic piece of white, poor white trash. All the while, her dear, dear little Grant is sitting on the stairs and listens to the whole thing and finally picks up the phone. Let's listen to what movie Betty has to say to this poor, sweet little boy. Oh, so sweet. Poor Grant. Poor Grant. Mommy, it's me, Grant. Hi, Grant. Hi, sweetheart. How's my baby boy? Are, are they treating you all right? Yeah, Mom, but... Because if they're not, you can come live with me. Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah, Mom, but you've got to stop leaving messages like this all the time. Segment four, take seven. <laughs> Casey, your hair looks like Parker Stevenson's today. It does. it does a little bit, doesn't it, does. it? Well, he doesn't have the curl, but yeah. he's got fabulous hair. It is fabulous. Yeah, it's good. Just like mine. Yeah, I don't mm. want to say anything else. I don't know. I'm going to get myself into a lot of trouble one of these days. Somebody's going to sue me or be mad at me, and yet I can't shut my fucking mouth. Okay. So, oh, well. Yeah. Oh well. oh, well. All right. So we've got a voiceover again now. And we've seen Linda and Dan getting ready to leave for the same, that law formal ball mm -hmm. that Betty and Dan went to earlier in the movie. Yeah. Dan is wearing that god awful top hat I did and not cape like again. It. Didn't like it. He looked like a dork. Yep. Betty explains that Dan's life hasn't changed. He just swapped Betty out and replaced her for Linda, mm -hmm. which is honestly, it's true. It's true. It's He's true. living in the same house, yep. but like all that. Yeah. So at the formal, they introduced Dan as the new president of the San Diego Bar Association. And then Dan, aw, Dan, Dan and Linda, let's, Dan, let's Dan, let Dan. that first couple, aw, uh, open okay. the dance floor. Let's have a dance let's floor. Let's hear it Dan, Dan, yay! And guess what? Are what? you ready for the big surprise? What, hap what happens next, Casey? Oh, my God, Dan <laughs> totally asked oh, me. Oh, my God, Amelia, does he, does he, does he? Oh, what 
What did she say? What did she say? She says yes because oh. it's a really big ring. Oh, it's a big fucking ring. Yeah. And then Betty has a meeting with the kids. Oh my God, uh, this is so awful. It's so You're just going to have to listen to it from yeah. her. And I'm not even going to play the whole thing because it's too heartbreaking. Yeah. Let's just get a little whisper of what that movie Betty is like. Yep. Understand what this engagement business really means. It means you're losing your father. Little by little, he'll pull away from you. And soon, since his new wife is so young, she's going to want children of her own. And that's the point at which he's going to completely turn away. Maybe even disown you. Whisper to a scream. Yeah, you got every single lyric wrong. Everyone. Yeah, me too. Everyone. I know. Well, anyway. I know. On their sailboat. Aww. Now we got Dan on the sailboat talking to the kids yeah. too. And guess what he tells them? He's telling them that everything their movie Betty mom said is wrong. He says that he and Linda love the children and his love for them will never change. He mm -hmm. said that marriage might add stability and maybe Betty will finally accept that it's over between them and she'll come back to earth. And Kate says, I wouldn't count on it. Mm -hmm. She's so, right. Kate is not wrong. Kate's not wrong because guess what? Betty goes and buys a gun. Oh. Yep. Then we've got another scene of Betty. She's back to leaving nasty messages on Dan's answering machine, and she's pacing around outside yes. near the ocean on what we have determined is one of the very first cellular phones. Like that's like that brick yeah, kind the big of brick. the big brick thing. But also, you notice you did you not notice that there's no car noise? No car noise. No car noise. No. That's ocean okay because that drives you crazy. Anyway. It drives me crazy, and they put too much in the last movie, right. so we're fine with yeah. that. Yeah. So we're gonna balance it out. Yep. Okay. With none. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. Okay. Yeah. So then so she leaves this long message and Dan is just like sitting there watching. You see him at his desk, just like looking at the answering machine. And then she hangs up and she calls back again. And he finally picks up and he's like, here's what we're going to do. Yeah. He says, for every this. obscene word that you that you leave on my message, I'm going to fine you. Mm -hmm. And um, and for violating the court order by coming into my house mm -hmm. and taking the kids without permission. So he's yep. like, he's like, you're going to get fined this and this and this. And that's going to just come out of your money for me. Yeah. So. All right. Now we are at Kate's graduation, so which sad. we assume is from high school. So sad. Uh, both Betty and Dan are there. Dan is with Linda. Betty starts angrily taking pictures of Linda. Kate is obviously upset by that. Linda tells Betty she doesn't want to ruin Kate's day. But next time she points the camera, meaning next time Betty points the camera at Linda, um, Betty will be looking at the inside of her own throat. And then Betty takes her fucking picture. And then again. Betty takes She's her picture again. Movie Betty. Movie Betty. And I have to say, Meredith, good job. Good ah, acting. Exactly. She's really nailed it. Yeah. So Susan and Betty are talking afterwards and Betty turns everything around to make herself once again the victim. Yeah, she was basically like, did you see how Dan acted today? Yeah. Like, you know, just like, it's just ugh. Mm -hmm. like as if, as if Linda did something wrong. Exactly. Just, the whole thing. She's oh, movie Betty. Thing. Movie Betty. All right. So Linda's, um, Apparently, the guest list from Linda and Dan's wedding disappears from the house, and they know that Betty has it and took it. So now they're in court, and Betty admits she took it, and the judge tells her he's stopping alimony until it's returned. So um, <clears throat> Linda now decides to go to Betty's house to get the wedding list, um, the guest list, and finds all kinds of pictures and newspaper clipping oh. about Dan and Linda. 
not surprisingly at all. It's not surprising, but it's alarming. It's alarming because, you know, we're talking about not very stable people. No. And and Linda is really, she's really very, very young. She's very young. And like, it's like you're getting sucked into the crazy. Yeah. And she doesn't probably even realize that. Or maybe there's a little joy in like, he picked me. Well, I'm sure there is. For a 21-year-old? Yeah. Yeah. She might have been 20 so, at this point, but whatever. All right. So Linda finds this memoir uh, that Betty apparently has been typing, ugh. and she takes it, and um, then she shows it to Dan. And Dan tells her, you got to take that back or we're going to be in trouble. And he says they need to hang on to their credibility, and they can't be breaking the law. And Linda He's not agrees. wrong. And it's totally true. And it's also like, Linda, why are you breaking into our house? Yeah. And, and I said to Casey when we were watching this earlier, mm-hmm. I'm like, if Betty had come home while Linda was there, Betty oh would have killed her. She would have killed her. And then said to self-defense. Yeah, because let's remember, she bought a gun. Yeah. Let's right. remember. She does kill her. It just isn't in this scene. Yep, not yet. Not to be a spoiler alert. I but think we already spoiled it. I think it. you figured that one out. Probably from the people know this movie. So, um, all right. Movie Betty calls people on Dan's wedding list and she's harassing them about going to the wedding. It's awful. It's hilarious. I babysat for you one summer. Why would you why would you betray me? Yeah. Uh, because you babysat for my kids 20 years ago and we liked Dan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Mm-hmm. All right. So now it's wedding day. Woo-hoo! Oh, sometimes when I read a lot, I get very yawny. I'm or so when sorry. you watch the end of a movie. Yes. With a Have blanket. you seen the end of all the movies you've been watching? Yes. <gasps> yeah. Now, I may or may not have gone back and rewatched just to make sure I catch the end. <laughs> but yes, don't judge. All right. I'm not judging. I'm very impressed. Actually, <laughs> On the wedding day, we've got people arriving at Dan and Linda's house. That's where the wedding is taking place. There's a security team. Checking invites and otherwise ensuring Betty doesn't ruin the day. Larry, Dan's brother, is um, up like in the up in the bedroom with Dan, yeah, getting, getting ready, ready, and tells um, Dan that Susan is with Betty for the day, and she will call if Betty leaves her. So she's kind of babysitting, and then Larry, Larry wants Dan to wear a bulletproof vest, and Dan says, "No, it'll make me look fat." Um, <clears throat> and I honestly, I don't think it's such a bad idea though at this no but i think if they had like susan was there yeah maybe since susan was there i think there was probably no danger but you never know i mean never know betty didn't want this to happen so it's you know i mean they were not wrong to be worried and anxious about betty absolutely and and they and they proved that they shouldn't they should have been more diligent of unfortunately but they were right yeah they i mean everybody around them was right I don't know how nervous Dan was in real life. I don't know how nervous Linda was, but everybody else around them was right in telling them to take precautions. Yep. Okay. So now we've got a voiceover um, from Betty saying it's one of the most depressing days of her life. She said from that day forward, she didn't want to get up again. Honestly, I think that's histrionics. Oh, yes. So now we're back at a soccer game, just like at the beginning of the movie, only this time it's Dan and Linda. They're cheering Grant on, and we see Betty walking sadly in the background. She looks good, though. So. She does, and I don't believe that that even happened. I don't think she would have seen those two and not gone up and started something. Right. Publicly, especially, I think she would have enjoyed that, mm-hmm. quite frankly. All right, so now we're at Dan's house, and he and Linda are talking about getting Betty visitation for the kids, because at this point, she has does not have her kids at all. Yeah. 
So Linda thinks it's a bad idea, but Dan thinks that Betty will maybe leave them alone if he lets her have the kids for a little bit. So Linda says Betty is dangerous. Dan disagrees. Dan says um, the kids love her no matter what she's done to them. And yeah, so sad. Um, Dan says he will put a stipulation in that if she goes awry, he can take um, visitation away for good. So now we've got Susan. She's <laughs> screeching into Betty's driveway and runs up the stairs because her house is up, up a couple of flights of stairs because it's so big. Yeah. And um, Betty's mad because um, I wonder what the phone call was like. Oh my God, Susan, you have to get over here now because Susan comes over like it's an emergency, but it's not I think really everything to Betty is an emergency. I think so. So Betty's mad because um, Dan is granting temporary custody, but she has to behave um, or she's going to lose her kids. She continues to complain and Susan tells Betty she understands what Betty's been through as she's been there, and Susan tells Betty, it's time to move on. Betty loses it loses on Susan. Shit. Asks Susan if she says to Susan, has Dan gotten to you too? And then Betty tells Susan to get out of our life. So Susan does. Yeah, I All would right. too. I'd be like, sayonara, psycho. Whew. All right, so now we've got Dan, Linda, Kevin, and his girlfriend slash wife, we're not we don't exactly know. sure, yeah. out to dinner talking about Gone with the Wind. Boring. Moving on. Back at her house, Betty is reading through some documents. Um, and Betty's barely seen boyfriend is talking to the boys. Grant said that he's not feeling well. And can he sleep with Betty? And she says, yes. Dan and Linda are getting ready for bed. All right. So now we've got everybody going to bed, right? Yep. Betty wakes up. She gets the gun out of the drawer, looks at her son who is sleeping in her bed with her, drives to Dan's house breaks in, goes into their bedroom, and shoots them. That, That's it. Yeah. Dan falls off the bed and tries to grab the phone. Betty pulls it away from him and walks down the hall. Dan coughs, but Linda appears to be dead. A uh, beautiful sunrise over the ocean pans to Betty calling someone and confessing. So let's take a break and listen to Betty talking to her lawyer from jail. It always makes me mad when, when they say that Dan and Linda were the victims. I mean, the kids were the victims. There were two dead bodies, but there were five victims. I have regrets. No remorse. All right. So now there's a text over telling us that Betty Broderick was tried twice. The first trial ended in a hung jury. The second was a conviction for second degree murder. She received the maximum of 32 years to life and she is eligible for parole in 2010. And that is how part one ends. And scene. All right. Now we're going to do our real murders of the MFTVMC podcast. Since this is based on a truth story, we are going to do it. However, we don't want to spend too much time talking about the real murders because it it has and it always will be about Betty Broderick. Yep. And that really bothers me. Yep. There's so much information out there. So if you want to jump down any rabbit hole you would like to, give it a gook. Yep. You just have to go Betty Broderick. Yeah. You know, I mean, Tons. that's really all you need to do. There's yep. podcasts. There's the Dirty John. There's all kinds of stuff. Yep. You can look we warned you. Oprah just episodes. saying. Yeah. We warned you. Yeah. She she really courted the press as well. Yeah. So there's just a lot of stuff out there. Um, There is, to be fair, not nearly as much about Linda. I think her family has tried to raise awareness. But yep. 
Betty Broderick has kind of stolen every single show, which is sad. So we're going to talk about Dan and, and Linda a little bit. We're not going to talk about the children. Their lives are their lives too. They they had no choice in, in what happened. Not that Dan and Linda did, but because they were minor children, um, their lives are theirs to talk about, not us. So links to the show, links in the show notes for all the research in here and for the It Was Simple, the Better Broderick Murder podcast. All right. So um, <clears throat> Linda Kokina Broderick, I hope I said that right. I think it's Kokina. Kokina. All right. Was a beautiful 21-year-old when she married Dan and was murdered just seven months after her wedding. Prior to working at his law firm, she was a stewardess. Her friends described her as very kind, giving, and funny. According to Marie Claire and the podcast, Linda was very worried about her and Dan's safety. She reported to friends that books were disappearing off her nightstand and that she was surprised at least once by finding Betty in her and Dan's house. She wanted Dan to wear a bulletproof vest at their wedding. Dan Broderick was born in 1944 and murdered in 1989. He became an MD from Cornell University and decided he wanted to open a medical malpractice um, <clears throat> wanted to firm. Sorry. Subsequently, he earned a law degree from Harvard. At the time of the murders, he had custody of all four children after Betty abandoned them to Dan. He was president of the San Diego Bar Association, and he was in his second marriage to Linda. Dan did not want to be punitive because of the kids. He was considering returning custody of them to Betty when he was murdered by her. According to the podcast, he didn't feel his life was in danger because if he died, Betty would no longer receive money. Right. And I was going to make two points that I've already made over the course of this podcast, uh, this podcast. So I don't really think I need to go over it again, but um, I would I would say that I do have a theory and I told Casey this theory and I don't know what Casey's theory is, but I think honestly that it's possible that she thought that if Dan and Linda were dead, the kids would inherit all the money and then she would get custody and then she would have access to the money. Yep. It's never been put forward. So I have no proof of that, but I mean, it just, yep. It just is the really what makes sense to me at that point. Cause they've been divorced for five years by the time she killed them. Yep. So that's all I'm going to say. So next time we're going to do, we're going to talk about part two. And that's super exciting. I haven't seen it since. I know I've seen it on Lifetime since. Oh, I saw it. I watched them both that first. Yeah, time. yeah. I didn't purposely because I didn't want to keep going back and forth. Oh, like yeah. between, You know, I get I get stuck sometimes. So I purposely haven't seen it again. But I'll watch it at least three to four to six times before the next time you guys hear my voice. And um, I hope it's not all just boring. Law, law. No, it's pretty like, good. Okay, it's good. Because I really can't stand. I I really don't like law. I don't like trial stuff. Oh yeah, no, it's pretty good. I like when like Law and Order. I like that show, but I really only like the law part. Yeah, <laughs> like Helter Skelter, all the stuff about the trial, boring. Yeah, all the boring stuff. So I'm glad it's good. So we'll talk about that next time. So Casey is going to tell us how we're going to find us for the next time all right so do you have a favorite movie from the 70s 80s or 90s you'd like us to review let us know you can find us on facebook at made for tv movie club podcast we are on instagram at made underscore for underscore tv underscore movie underscore club 
You may listen to us on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, Spotify, Stitcher, or Breaker. Feel free to give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and tell your friends about us. So until next time, we'll see you right here in, in the, the clubhouse. clubhouse.